Well, this sermon begins, as so many do, by inviting you to install a bird identification app to your phone. No, but seriously, if you have never heard of Merlin Bird ID from Cornell, I would highly encourage you to install it on your phone as soon as you're able, whether that's pausing me right now or circling back to do it afterwards. And I'll tell you why a little bit later. Now, we have some friends who have a really keen interest in the ways the Holy Spirit moves, especially the unexpected ways or the ways that are outside of more modern conventions. They've been really curious about Bethel, for instance. They've traveled to Reading even. In fact, when they returned, they felt a bit overwhelmed by the experience, describing how people would just walk up to you and say they have a word for you from God, where they would ask if they could touch you and pray for you right there in the moment. And for all you know, once they say yes, they'll begin to pray in tongues. Meanwhile, there are some of us who have never heard anyone speak in tongues, let alone done it ourselves. And everything about what sometimes gets called charismatic seems mysterious, maybe even suspect. God is active. God speaks, leads, guides, and nudges. God does not engage with each person or community identically. And presumably, this variance in how God moves is a feature, not a flaw, in God's approach to us. And that is why we as a church have a core value of openness. When we say we value openness, we mean our hope as a church is that each person has practices and habits in their life that create space for them to connect with God in a regular rhythm. We hope they can experiment with the specific forms those practices and habits take and adjust them to their season of life, their needs, their desires when it comes to faith. Openness for our purposes. It's when we posture ourselves to notice God in ways big and small, overtly spiritual and absolutely ordinary. We believe God's active and among each of our lives individually and in a different and beautiful sort of way amongst us communally as a church. So we need to both personally be attending to God in our lives and also collectively be looking for what God might be doing together. It's a both and. Openness also means that when we think God is asking us to do something, to reimagine something, to make a change in some way, whether that change is about something we thought or if it's a change in something we do, we're posturing ourselves to say yes to that. And in this way, openness is related to trust. One of the ways we practice trusting God is to fundamentally settle within our hearts that if God asks us to do something, we'll say yes. But the process and the value of openness is how we figure out if it is indeed God asking us to do something in the first place. And openness has no timetable. I don't believe discernment is rushed. And I think God understands that we need time and space in order to be sure that something is actually God. And so if I'd like for us to explore two questions related to this core value of openness together. And the first is, why? Why does openness matter? The other is, what do we make of the fact that God doesn't speak to us all in the same way? So to our first question, why? Why does openness matter? There are so many things we can follow that are God's voice adjacent. There are things that can be good and helpful, or they might become replacements for actual God. Some examples. We could follow tradition, like a denomination 
or a general theological camp with which we find alignment. And we might find ourselves turning off our own critical thinking or our own spiritual practices and just defaulting to whatever that tradition says. We can follow personalities, collecting gurus who are more than happy to tell us what they think God would want for us. They are the kinds of folks who love us and have a wonderful plan for our lives. We can follow fads, adjusting ourselves to whatever New York Times bestseller or highly platformed trend is gaining momentum at the moment. We can become seekers of spiritual experiences that transcend our humanity in order to connect us to the divine, which might cause us to think that being human is something that needs to be overcome in order for us to be better connected to God. Gnosticism has been around for a very long time, and its fundamental belief would be something quite like that. It morphs in its style, but doesn't change in its substance. So tradition, personalities, fads, seeking spiritual experience, all of those are the kinds of things that can be good or can replace. They're God's voice adjacent. And openness matters because it recognizes we're people who bear the image of God. And as such, and because we're indwelt with God's Holy Spirit, We have a variety of assets available to us simply by virtue of being human. We're critical thinkers. We're able to reflect and evaluate. We're able to adjust to new information. We can change our minds, admit we were wrong about things in the past. And often we focus on our own being close to God in all of this. This idea that humanity needs God, that we want to draw close to God. And that's true. But sometimes we forget that one of the reasons that all of this works is that God has called humanity good. Being human is a good thing, not a thing to be overcome or transcended, but rather a thing to be embraced. And indeed, what we find is that God embraces being human completely and totally too in becoming Jesus. Openness matters in part because the fact is there are so many people and things who are more than willing to be the voice of God in your life. And openness resists that control. To be a church then with a core value like this says something about how the leadership or institution won't try to control you and how we won't be people who try to control one another with pseudo spiritual means. Now our second question. We want to live in ways that help us notice God, respond to God, follow God's lead. And God does not speak in one set and predictable way. What do we make of the fact that God speaks differently to different people in different times and places, even uniquely to different cultures? What I'd like to suggest is that God is this awesome combination of unchanging in character and incredibly adaptable to human experience unchanging in character, but adaptable in human experience. The idea that God does not change has sometimes led people to perpetuate the idea that God speaks in only one set way. But there's something far more amazing and dynamic about God to be God's own self in character at all times and yet choose to relate to people in a variety of different ways at different times. And this is why 1 Kings 19, 11 to 13 goes like this. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, Yahweh told him. And as Elijah stood there, Yahweh passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. 
It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but Yahweh was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but Yahweh was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but Yahweh was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And then in Psalm 19, 1 to 6, it reads, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display their craftsmanship. Day after day, the heavens continue to speak. Night after night, they make God known. They speak without word or sound. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. For Elijah, God was not in the great demonstrations of shaking or wind. For David, nature is where we find God moving. One is having a time where demonstrations of nature needed to be rejected in order to have something quieter and smaller come through. One is saying, if you want to hear God speak, stare at the sky. Why might God choose to do this? To speak differently at different times. Perhaps it shows God's amazing ability to think about the big picture and the long term and to be incredibly patient in the process because God insists humanity participate in it. God dreams of a world where all of creation, humanity, and earth alike are in harmony with and reflective of God's own character. But God has always been expecting that reflection to happen through partnership with human beings. And therefore, expressed through a myriad of ways that humanity would come up with themselves. In other words, it seems God would rather have us tell Elijah's story of God not being in any of those creation experiences, and also for David to tell his story of God being in those creation experiences, in order that we would have the human stories of Elijah and David participating in life with God. A few months ago, Dan Greaves from our group introduced us to Merlin Bird ID. If you happen to miss that week, it's an amazing app created by Cornell University. It identifies the various birds chirping around you. In fact, Shannon from our group got to be a little bit part of the development team when she was in school because she is a wildlife expert. Now, as you record birds singing, when many birds might be singing at once, it can highlight them in pale yellow from the list of all the birds that it has picked up on. It's really delightful to use. And now I know that around my house, for instance, there are lots of house finches and mockingbirds nearby. What fascinates me about the app in particular is its ability to hear a bird in my yard because my yard also has constant white noise from the freeway nearby, the intermittent revving of engines because it's recently popular in our area to remove mufflers, so that's fun, and the regular passing by of planes from a nearby airport or under the flight path for helicopters. Engine after engine roars around my house, and yet I tap Sound ID, and the app tunes in to just the songs of the birds, hiding in plain sight in the branches nearby. Openness is about finding the spiritual equivalent of Merlin Bird ID, the practices, habits, or rhythms that help us notice the music of God's nearness amidst the din of everyday life. Like the birds in my yard, God is always there. 
And yet without tuning myself to God's presence, I'm inclined to go long stretches and not hear the song of love that's calling to me. Perhaps you might feel the same. And if that is the case, here is what I would invite you to do. Get the app. Go outside. Push sound ID. And then invite God to speak to you. To do this, you might pray something simple like, God, I'd like to hear from you. And then practice being as quiet as you can. You might start by telling God what you want. You might start by asking God, what is the next thing you have for me? You might ask God, is there anything I've been missing? Because the engine noise of my life has caused me not to notice your song of love. And then give yourself a few minutes in quiet. Because God's song of love is always singing. So may we tune ourselves to it.